0: buddy are you okay no dad i'm coughing really hard yeah i can hear that maybe i need to go get you some medicine no dad i can't stand that stuff well i understand you don't like it but it'll make you feel better no dad i'll be okay okay good night Buddy, you have to take the medicine. Okay, I guess, but I really don't like it. Well, I understand that you don't like it, but it will make you feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good night, love you. All right, let's give my son Drew a hand for helping me out tonight. Thank you, buddy. How many of us, uh, it wasn't too hard for us to get in character for that. that. That was pretty close to probably some nights that we've had acted out. How many of you guys have kids that don't like to take medicine? Raise your hand. Okay, nobody. I mean, how many of us adults like to take medicine, right? Nobody likes to take medicine, but um, even though we don't enjoy it, medicine does help us to feel better, doesn't it, many times? Many times, that's what we need in order to get better. As Pastor Chris uh, shared uh, just a few moments ago, uh, over the last few weeks, we've been doing a series called Your Next Steps. We've been talking about some of the critical decisions some of the the critical steps that we take as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And some of those are difficult steps, aren't they? I mean, we've talked about being baptized. I mean, that's a big step. Thank the Lord for those who are coming forward next weekend to be baptized as believers publicly here at New Hope. We've talked about spending time with God every day. I mean, that's a big commitment. That's a big step for a lot of us to take that step. I'm going to spend time with God every day. We talked about accountability. That's a huge step for most of us. I'm going to begin bringing someone into my life. Someone else is going to hear how I'm doing spiritually and is going to kind of hold my feet to the fire to help me get stronger in the Lord. That's a big step, isn't it? We talked about serving the Lord. We talked about going beyond the point of just thinking about what God is doing in my life but asking God to use me in the lives of other people. All of these, friends, are critical steps in our lives if we're going to move forward. Though they're all challenging, what we're going to talk about today is probably more like medicine than any of the topics that we've talked about so far. In fact, I want to to say to you, I can almost guarantee you this will be the least requested message in this series. Okay, I can almost promise you that. But listen to me, if you will take this step, if you will listen to God's direction, this might be the very thing you need in your life. This, for many believers, is one of the biggest next steps. Or maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know what, there was a point in my life where I had taken this step, but I need to renew my commitment in that area of my spiritual life. If you're willing to take the medicine, God, I promise you, will transform your life. Tonight, I want to talk with you about the topic of tithing. Now, anytime we talk about money at church, anytime we talk about finances, anytime we talk about giving to God's work, whatever category you want to put it, whatever nuance, whatever direction we're looking at, every time, people walk up to me after the service and say, oh man, I wish I hadn't invited my friend to come this week. I didn't know you were going to talk about money. I'm not sure what, how to take that as a pastor. I, I, I don't think it was a good thing. Was it? I don't think that was a conflict. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. You have to ask yourself, why do we have such a problem talking about this area of our spiritual life? And I thought of many reasons. I'm not going to bring them up tonight, but I'm sure we can think of lots of reasons that we just would prefer not to go there. But you also need to realize that this is a part of our discipleship. This is a part, a critical part of our walk with God. And listen, let me just say something. I have never personally known someone who was on fire for God who did not practice tithing and generous giving. Now, there may be people, but I'm just telling you, We're talking about, in this series, what we're saying is, if you want to get serious about God, if you want to make a difference, if you want to see impact in and through your life, and by the way, the way I put that may sound a little bit optional, but really as we read God's Word, this is what God calls us for, this kind of living. And if you're ready for that kind of living, it's because of missing out on this in your spiritual walk that many of us are missing out in a big way on what God wants to do for you and what God wants to do through you. So today we're going to turn to the main passage in the Bible in God's Word that talks about tithing. We're going to look at Matthew or Malachi chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. As we begin to look at those verses together tonight, the first thing we need to notice is this. Though we may feel like this is an unnecessary area of our lives to deal with, first of all, I want you to understand, according to Malachi, tithing is a big deal to God. In fact, I want to say something to you before we read these verses. I find that, I'm sure there are many topics, but I find that there are at least two things that the Bible teaches that many Christians conveniently ignore. One is the Sabbath idea, and the other is the topic we're talking about tonight. Pretty much as Christians, we've decided that we can ignore those two ideas. In fact, statistics tell us that 80 to 90 percent of believers do not practice what we're talking about tonight. That's, pretty, that's a pretty big deal, isn't it? And so tonight, let's look at Malachi chapter three, verses seven through 10 to start out. We're going to go through verse 12 tonight, but let's start in verse uh, seven. The Lord says to His people, "It says, "From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them." Those are pretty strong words from the Lord. He says to them, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, they respond back, how? How shall we return, Lord? Verse eighty he says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? What are you talking about, God, they say? He said, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Like I said, this is the main passage. This is the classic. These are the classic verses on tithing in the Bible. And I want you to notice the wording that the Lord uses in this passage is to challenge us as His people about tithing. He says to them specifically during this day, He says, from the days of your fathers. That sounds like He's saying what? This has been going on for what? For quite a while. He says, I'm going to talk to you about something that's been an issue for quite a while. He says, you have turned aside. So whatever God's about to talk to them about represents an attitude in their heart that they had turned away from the Lord. It represented that they were not following the Lord and not walking with Him in a critical area of their life. So he says, return. One Bible commentator said this is, this is exactly analogous with saying, repent. Turn back. You're going the wrong direction. And they said, what do you mean to, re- to return, God? Where have we gotten off track? And God says to them, "You have been robbing me." Can you imagine that tonight? Can you imagine being accused of robbing, of stealing from God? Isn't that? What wouldn't, wouldn't most of us tonight say, "Wow, I would never want to be thought of in that way." They say, "What do you mean we've robbed you?" He says, "I'm talking about your tithes. I'm talking about your offerings." And because of that, because you've made that decision, because you've turned away from my way for you, it's hurting your life. God's not saying here, because of that, I'm going to hurt you. God's saying, listen, when we make a decision in our life to not honor an aspect of what God's called us to be and to do, that has a negative impact on our lives. And he says, it's not just a few of you, it's the whole nation. Pretty much all of you have made that decision. Now I'll give you a little bit of a backdrop of what's going on here in Malachi chapter 3 because as we read God's Word, there's always a context. There's always a specific context that it's being written to and then God applies that to all of us throughout the ages. What's going on here? First of all, we need to understand that word tithe basically means 10%. God calls His people in His Word. When God gives us increase in our lives of any kind, when God gives us increase in resources then we're to give back the top, the first 10%, the top cut of that, we're to give back to Him for many reasons. We'll talk about those in in just a moment. But primarily, the main reason was just worship to God. When God gives me something, if I say, in fact, many of you stop to pray before you eat, sometimes people laugh, they'll say, oh, we didn't even pray for the meal. Okay, you ever noticed that before? I don't worry about that because sometimes I'm not necessarily just thinking about checking off a box of praying for the meal. What I'm trying to do with praying for every meal is to discipline myself three times at least throughout the day to stop and to remember this food that I'm about to eat, God gave me that. But He's really given me a lot more than that. And so I I do, many times. I forget or I don't even pray about the meal as much or even any sometimes. I just use it as an opportunity to stop and pause and recognize God. Amen? Well, that's really what tithing is. In a spiritual aspect, it's stopping and recognizing that God gave us this resource. What I've just received, whether I produced it through work that God's given me or whether it was given to me, because I've been increased in resources, that came from God, and I first of all want to recognize Him for giving me that. But also in a practical way, the tithe was used in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament to support the work of God. I mean, it's very practical. It takes money. God knows that. He designed this world the way that it works. It takes resources in order for stuff to be done. And so God gave resources as He blessed His people. He gave us a percentage that we can give back so that when we put that together, God and His servants can do His work in this world. And so it was an act of worship, because I give God the first, I give God the best, and it was an act of faith, wasn't it? If God gives me something, and before I even use it, I give Him part of it back to using His work in this world, I'm saying, I don't know about you, but most of the time, whatever God gave me, I'm kind of thinking on paper, I needed 100% of, amen? I mean, even with 100%, we're a little bit behind, Amen? And so usually, for most of us, it's an act of faith to give that back to Him. We're showing God that we trust Him, that He gave us this, and we trust Him to provide everything else that we're going to need. Now, many Bible students believe that this passage was actually written around 400 B.C., during the time of Nehemiah. And so if you know your Bible history, you know that uh, the, uh, the Israelites had been taken off into captivity into Babylon, into Persia. They had been there for about 70 years and God led them back to rebuild the temple and to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. So as you read your Old Testament, you read about Zerubbabel, you read about uh, Ezra, you read about Nehemiah and those people, they had led the effort to come back and to rebuild Solomon's temple. So this is the second temple. And to rebuild the walls and to rebuild the city. And so as you can imagine, those people who had been gone for pretty much a generation or two, for 70 years, those people who had been gone, they were super excited, I'm sure, to come back. And God did an amazing, miraculous work. And the, and the wall was rebuilt in record time. All kinds of cool things as you go back and read your Old Testament history. <clears throat> Especially coming out of such a desperate, what seemed sometimes like a hopeless situation. God had rescued them. And God had brought them back home. And they were so grateful. They were so excited that they were so into doing God's work. But like us, after a little while, isn't it easy for that to wear down a little bit? Isn't that true? Isn't that how we are? We kind of go through phases. We kind of go through times when we're more committed, when we're less committed. So much so had their commitment backed off that there was actually a place in the temple That's specifically what it's talking about in this passage, the storehouse. There was a place in the temple that they were supposed to bring those tithes so that it would be ready to be used for God's work. There was so little of that happening that someone, if you read Nehemiah chapter 13, somebody had made an apartment out of the storehouse in the temple. It wasn't being used for God's resources anymore. It's empty, may as well rent that room out to somebody. And God's servants were no longer focusing uh, what during that time would have been their spiritual leaders. They were no longer focusing on God's work, but they were out in the fields working so that they could provide for their families instead of leading God's people in their efforts. In other words, God's people were neglecting a big part of their worship. And as a result of that, it was having a big impact on God's work in this world. God said to them, it needs to change. It needs to stop. You need to return back to my ways. By the way, I want to point out a couple of things that are brought out here. In Malachi 3, verse 10. He talks about, first of all, the whole tithe. Apparently, they, like many of us, gave to God. But many times you'll hear people, whether they say it directly or they imply it, deducting from their tithe. Okay, they sort of, there's many reasons, there's many creative reasons, in fact, sometimes we come up with that people don't always give God that. But he says very clearly, bring the whole tithe to my storehouse. He says, Get, bring that 10% that I gave you, that I, that I called you to give back to my work. Now I want to think about it for just a second. Why would we not do that? Why would we not do what God says to do? Well, it might be we just don't want to. I don't think, to be honest with you, that's the case with most of us in this room. I don't think we would just say, I'm just not going to. I I just don't want to do it. Now, there are some people that that do. I think that's where these people were during that time. They just didn't want to. I don't think that's where most of us are. If that is where you are, you need to ask God to speak to you about that. Because that's the hard issue, isn't it? I think most of us would probably say, "I, I don't believe I can honor God in that way. I want to challenge you to think about that. That really is a trust issue, isn't it? I don't trust. We wouldn't say this, but I don't believe that if I do this, that my needs can be taken care of by God. Other people say, well, I just don't think it's necessary. I don't think mine is needed. Sometimes people feel that way. Tithing's just the pastor's opinion. It's just my church's opinion. No, it's what God's Word says, right? I look around my church, everything seems to be running okay, so my part's not needed. Well, you don't know that. Who am I to decide that? See, friends, and we're going to talk about this more in just a moment. Listen, we need to catch this vision, because sometimes, especially in a growing church situation, we start forgetting how important my part is, right? We start feeling like I'm optional, there's other people that will do this or that, whatever it might be, including this area. But listen, we need to think about it like this. The sovereign God... Put all of us together in this church. And he knew if he's called you to be a part of this church, he knew what he was going to give to you. And he knew what he was going to give to me. And he knew what it was going to take for us to do the work that he desires to do through this place. And so he knows that he can put yours and mine and all of ours together, and that's going to be exactly what is needed to do his work through this church. Isn't that awesome? But God had some strong words for them about that partial sort of attitude that they had. And it really goes to kind of a deeper issue. It kind of goes to giving God less than His best, than our best. Listen to Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. It says, a son honors his father, and a servant his master, then if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect, says the Lord of hosts to you, O oh, priest. Here, he's specifically talking to the religious leaders who were doing the same thing. So this was, the, like he said, the whole nation. He says, O oh, priests who despise my name. But, but you say, how have we despised your name? He says, you are presenting defiled food upon my altars. They were literally making sacrifices. They were not giving God the best. But you say, well, how have we done that? He says in verse 8, but when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and the sick, is it not evil? What he was saying is the priests who offered the sacrifice, if uh, people brought in animals as part of their gifts to the Lord and as part of the sacrifice to be part, to be part of the work in the temple and the ministry there, then the priests many times would conveniently pick out the best sacrifice for themselves and if somebody brought in something that was, you know, just about starving to death and you could see its ribs and, you know, just look kind of puny, well, we'll just give that one to God. And so even the religious leaders had this half hearted attitude towards God. Now, listen to this the Lord says, Why don't you offer that to your governor? <laughs> the first time I ever read that, I was like, Whoa. The Lord pulls out some big guns here. Would He be pleased with you? I mean, let's just get real. The IRS just does not feel my pain. Amen? I mean, I don't get a choice. Amen? It, it's, it's this or no. And the Lord says, why would we have that attitude with our earthly government it says, or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts. Wow. But now will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us with such an offering on your part? Will he receive you, any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts. The Lord is just challenging them and he challenges us. Friends, listen, and sometimes I don't even think we mean to, amen? I don't even think we, and that's when we come to church. That's when we study God's word for God to speak to us and for God to challenge us. Maybe that's what God's saying to you. When you worship through your giving, listen, many people have an idea of just throwing a donation in a plate. That is not the mindset we ought to have when we're giving our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. The mindset we ought to have is this, I love you, God, and this kind of hurts. (laughs) That's a big check. (laughs) Okay. So it's, You know, it's one of the biggest things I write. And it was the first one, and I'm trusting you, but I love you, and you've always provided for me, and I know you always will. All of that could happen as you give that offering. It's a time of worship. It's a time of obedience to the God who has blessed you so much that you're saying, I'm going to give this to him, and I'm going to give him my best. Bring the whole tithe. Why do we deduct? Who gave me the right to make that call? Secondly, he says, bring it to the storehouse. You know, many times, even when we're obeying God, we still like to call the shots, don't we? We say, okay, I'll give, but you know, here's how I'm going to route it. But listen, friends, God has designed a way for His work to, to, to happen in this world. The Bible says, bring it to the storehouse. Bring it to God's people and let it be distributed by God's people, by God's servants. You see it here. You see it earlier in the Old Testament. You see it later in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4 and and chapter 5. You see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. It's called, today it's called the church. We have partnered together as God's... There's lots of ways that God could have done this deal. Many times I ask myself, why this way? Amen? But this is the way God's done it. And this is the pot that He's called us to, to get together and to contribute towards so that we can do His work. And like I said, God knows how much you make. God knows how much He's blessed me with and how much I make. He knows what He intends to do through us together. And listen, if all of us are putting our part in together, then we will accomplish everything that is in God's heart for us to do. But going back to that 8 out of 10 Christians don't, doesn't that tell us something? Doesn't that tell us that there's a lot more that God has in His heart to do in this world that His people are not accomplishing? And that's kind of saying it sweetly. Actually, He says in this passage, we're actually robbing Him. We're taking what is not rightfully ours. And I don't think anybody would want to say that And anybody would want to do that. But that's what God's Word says we do. We make that decision. Now, let's look at... Those are some of the challenges that the Lord gives. But God is always this way. He says, listen, if you don't listen, if you don't obey, it's going to hurt you. It's going to affect your life. But let me tell you what you're missing out on. The Bible says to us that tithing brings tremendous, great blessings to our lives as followers of Jesus. Like I said earlier, it always seems like when we talk about money at church, you know, we just start getting all tight. I almost feel like the doctor, the Lord, would just say to us, buddy, just take your medicine and you're going to get better. Trust me. What happens when we trust God in this area of our lives? He says in verse 10, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that... "...so that there may be food in my house, and test me now in this," says the Lord of hosts, "...if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts." All the nations will call you blessed. You shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Did you notice what the Lord said in this passage? What would happen if we as God's people said, okay, God, we give, we're going to stop disobeying you in this area of our, of our walk with you. What would happen? He says, first of all, it would put food in God's house. Is it not true that the world today sees God's people as cheap as barely hanging on. I mean, and I'm not saying anything against other churches that do this. I grew up in some good churches that did this and it was kind of fun and community oriented. But we've decided New Hope that we're not going to do this because we want everything to say we're here to serve, not be served. But you know what? I don't think the primary thing that the world should hear from Christians is we're having a bake sale. (laughs) Can you buy our cakes... So God will have a little resource to work with. The world just grabs us by the cheeks and says, y'all are so cute. At the best, right? At the worst, I mean, it's kind of annoying. You know, it's kind of to always be here and we're having a yard sale or we're having a, I don't know, bingo or auction or whatever. I mean, that's the primary thing the world thinks of. Not that we're here to serve, but that we're here to be served. If you love the Lord and if you want His name to be great in this world, I, that ought to grieve you. It ought not to be that there's no resource in God's house. It ought not to be that there's little resource in God's house. It ought not to, ought not to be that there's enough resource in God. There ought to be plenty. No question. And by the way, this is, this is not any challenges for any increase given. This is talking about being faithful to what God tells us to do. If God gives us what He gives us and we're faithful to give back to Him, And certainly the Bible says, it says in Malachi 3, we can give above that. And God calls us many times to give above that. But if we give what He calls us to give, He says there will be plenty of food in His house to do His work. That fires me up. Amen? Today, we can change that situation. Today, if I make a decision to honor God in this year of my life, explosion. I'm not kidding you. Explosion of what God is doing in this world. Is that your desire? Not a church that just struggles along or, or just barely makes it or is doing all these, you know, appeals for money and things, but a church that's generous. A, a place where there's, 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 it, there's activity. It's making a visible impact, it's thriving in ministry. I want to be honest with you. New Hope has historically been very strong financially. Praise the Lord. Compared with most churches. But can I say thriving? I don't think I can quite say that yet. But if you're here today, and this is the step you need to take, and if we all take that, yes, very soon, you won't even probably recognize it. Doesn't that sort of stir up in you, something? It puts food in God's house. I want people to be fed at God's house. Amen? But not only that, it leads us to the next blessing. It gives an opportunity to stretch our faith. Now, we don't see that as a blessing because we don't like being stretched. Amen? But it is a blessing. The Lord says, now listen, for many of us, this is the last frontier of the basics of what God calls us to do that you have not allowed God... It's one of the big pieces of spiritual life that you have not taken that step forward. You have in every other area, but not this one. I think the Lord knows that what we're talking about tonight, that's one of the reasons why we get uncomfortable talking about it. It strikes at the core of some big issues in our heart, doesn't it? And the Lord knows that. He knows this is where the rubber meets the road. Let's be honest, Amen. I remember when Shannon and I, when God was speaking in our hearts about surrendering our life to ministry, and I remember just thinking to myself, "Y'all know what? I, y'all know. Y'all are gonna rec- y'all are gonna uh, be able to relate to this as soon as I say it, Lord. What is this going to mean?" Amen. Isn't that what's hard sometimes? I love God. I want to honor Him. Obviously, I want to follow Him. I want to I want to serve Him. But I don't know what it's going to mean. Certainly that applies in this, doesn't it? I don't see on paper. Amen? No. It doesn't add up. First of all, the Lord called us to a life of faith. I'm not talking about irresponsibility. I'm talking about a life of faith. We ought to always be in a position that if God doesn't come through, we're in a world of hurt. Amen? But the Lord says specifically in this passage... Because he knows we're calling out. No, really, Lord. Listen, let's just get honest. You go home, you're talking to your spouse about this. Let's just be honest. No, really, Lord. I remember when we were stepping out to come to New York. No, really, Lord, we're about to do this. I mean, we've talked about it. We've prayed about it. We've been excited about it. We had all send-off parties about it. But I'm reserving a truck. And there's some people coming over. And we're loading it. Are you watching? Because it's happening. This is where it goes from sitting in my seat and worshiping and saying, praise the Lord, to, no, we're really like stepping out here. The The Lord recognizes that. And listen to this. I believe that's why He says something that I don't know of Him saying anywhere else in His Word. In fact, everywhere else that he refers to what we're about to talk about, he says, don't do this. The Lord says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Everywhere else in his word. But here he says, this is Robbie's paraphrase, I dare you. I dare you to try it. I dare you to step out, test me now, and just see if I won't provide for you and bless you. I'm telling you. If you trust God in this one, it's kind of like your tongue. James chapter 3 talks about the tongue. If we can control our tongue, we can pretty much let God control every aspect of our life. It's very similar with, with money, with material possessions. If we can let God control that, you probably can have victory in most every other area of your life. Maybe that's why the enemy's keeping 80-90% of us in check. Because he knows... Listen, it's not only that God's resources would, would, would flow through this world, but it's that your life would be changed, and the enemy knows that. In fact, I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to make it easy for you tonight. I want to challenge you, I want to give you a tithing challenge. This is not me, this is the Lord. The Lord gives it. You start tithing, and you do it for three months. And if after three months God has not provided for you, And bless you, we'll give it back. How are you going to lose with that one? I'm saying that because that's kind of what God says. I dare you. Just see if I won't do it. Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? By the way, tithing is not only the right thing to do, it's the smart thing to do. It brings blessing to your life. Look at what it says in these verses. He says, Test me now on this, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven. I love this image. I see the Lord just got looking out His window in heaven. and He's like, You ready? I mean, He says, I will pour out a blessing for you until it overflows. Friend, I want you to catch this vision tonight. Most of us would say, I don't know if I can afford this. I believe God's saying to us, you can't afford not to. Listen to this. If you are not approaching your finances God's way, you are working much harder. Now, why don't you let that sit a little bit tonight? Because many of us would say, I am working hard. Amen? I am wearing myself out. And there's a degree to which we should do everything we can to support our family. But listen, it's a smart investment. It's a wise use of growing the money God's given you to put it back into God's work because He says, if you do that, I will bless you. Look at what He says in verse 11. He says, you now He's using the agricultural language. He says, then I will rebuke the devourer for you. Have you ever noticed? How you're working yourself so hard. I believe everybody in this room is a hard work of doing the best we can. Amen? Just doing the best we can to raise our family, to do right, to pay our bills, all that kind of stuff. Have you ever felt you're just trying to do the best you can and then stuff happens? Isn't that irritating? Stuff? I mean, tires go flat and, you know, windows get broken and I've got to fix that and... We had an accident in town, and now I've got to deal with the adjuster, and I'm probably not going to get my car back. Like all, you know, all this stuff, amen? Put the picture up on the screen for me. Drew, uh, Drew's been growing some tomatoes. Uh, that's not the best picture, but Drew's been growing some tomatoes, and uh, we noticed on the tomatoes, they were just starting to get red, just starting to get ripe, we're getting excited, we're just about to pick the tomatoes. Guess what happened? Went out there, we're gonna wait one more day. Went out there to pick the tomato. Guess what? There's about five big chunks out of that tomato. Squirrels. That's discouraging. We put in all this effort, all this time, I want a tomato, amen. The first one, at least I could have got the first one. And so I told Drew, I said, I want you to go make a scare squirrel. Okay, that's a scarecrow for squirrels, all right? Because we don't have problems with crows, all right? And he did. I mean, it's a good one. He took, a, I think it's one of my t-shirts, he mounted it on a board, he put a, uh, a kickball in the middle. It's kind of a rough kickball, but uh, put his baseball cap on there, and guess what? We got tomatoes. Those squirrels are scared of that thing. We just go out there every once in a while, move it around, you know, so they won't catch on to what's going on. That's exactly what's being talked about in this passage. The Lord said, there are, some, there are some things that happen in your life that if you would just honor me, I could take care of that for you. You are working way too hard. Listen, friend, I promise you, things will happen in you, it will blow you away. Your tires. You're tired may last longer. That repair that you thought you had to do, the guy may come in and say, you know what, I'm surprised. I thought we were going to have to do something here, but it looks like you're good. I'm telling you, you may get more hours at work. You may get more uh, pay per hour so you don't have to work so many hours. Whatever it is, favor from your boss, friend. I'm not promising you specifically that God's going to give you a bunch of money. But He has promised to bless you. And He does. We were loading up one of those moving trucks one time. We were moving from Georgia to North Carolina. This little lady that I had never really met much. I worked for her uh, I worked for her son. She stopped by the house and she said, Robbie, I believe in you. I believe in what God's doing through your life. I don't want to make an investment in your life. I thought maybe 20 bucks, you know, for some hamburgers on the drive up or whatever. Open it up, 500 $500. I asked Shannon's dad, I was like, what do I do with this? He said, you take that as God affirming that His hand is on your life. And He's going to bless you if you follow Him. How long would it take me to make $500? Amen? And God just writes checks. I mean, He's got it. I'm not saying you're going to get a bunch of checks in the mail tomorrow. But I am telling you, you will maybe but I am telling you that God has promised to bless you. But it's not just that. It's not just you're going to get more tomatoes, you're going to get more finances, you're going to get more blessing. But listen, most importantly, if you love the Lord, it brings blessing to other people and glory to God. Look at what it says in this verse. It says, uh, well, it goes on to say, the devourer won't take your fruit, your vine in the field will not cast its grapes. That means it won't go without producing, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I hate talking about money. I I don't like talking about money. I, I don't like money. I don't like to ask for money. I don't like to give the impression I'm asking for money. But there's two problems. First of all, apparently it's an important part of God's work, so Pastor Robbie has to get over it. Okay? But secondly... Apparently, God uses it to change people's lives and to bring Himself glory. And I really like that part. Amen? (laughs) It's fun to give. It's fun to be a part of a giving people. Amen? I've been blessed to be a part of some giving churches and it is so much fun. You guys, sometimes people just do anonymous things. I want to bless so-and-so. It is so much fun. And many times you just have that heart of a giver of, I want it to be anonymous. We give to that person. We're able to help that person. We're able to say, we're able to do this because God's people give faithfully here and we want to be a blessing to you or somebody specifically want to be a blessing for you. And just take that. Who, Who was it? I don't know. There's a bunch of us here. We all gave or maybe somebody specific but anonymous. And so guess who gets credit? They just look up at God and say, Thank you, God. You're so faithful. Thank you. That is so much fun. Somebody has a need and we can meet it in so many ways. The Bible says if we are giving people, we will be a delightful land. Remember one of our BHAGs? It probably seems strange to you, but it's important to me. And I think you'll appreciate it one day if you don't already. Number 11 is that we'll be a joy to be a part of, not a pain. Because I've been a part of churches that are paying, pain. Amen? The Lord says this is one of the components where we can be a joyful place. Let's just be a blessing. Amen? Let's just tear it up for God. I've got to be honest with you. It's not all about money, but most every great story here at New Hope, either directly or indirectly, in some way, was impacted by someone giving. I'll just give you two really big examples. In the last 10 years, when we were getting ready to buy this property, somebody made a phone call to my office and said, I would like to invest $100,000 so that y'all can buy that property. Just a couple years after that, someone else found out that we were going to build this building. I believe in what you guys are doing. I want to invest $100,000 so that you can build this building. By the way, that was the day that the bank was going to decline us and I was able to call and say we got the other 100000 that I had not told anybody else about. I mean, I went out of my office. Pastor Robbie does not do a lot of, you know, like out of your skin jumping and stuff. <laughs> but I was shaking. It's because people gave. Many of the things... It sounds spiritual. You know, we talk about spiritual things. It's all in our head. But now the reality is somebody really sacrificed so you could be blessed today. Tonight, would you say, God, would you help me to follow in that example? I'm going to ask Pastor Jeff to come up and just to begin playing. So we ask God to speak to us and close out the message tonight. Would you bow your head for just a moment? I think the reason this is a tough topic is because it forces us many other topics we can listen to and sort of internalize and sort of walk away just thinking about it. I'm not saying that's right, but many times we're able to do that. But this particular topic really forces, like I said, the rubber to meet the road. I'm just going to tell you. The people that I see that are tearing it up for God, they're committed. I'm going to give God. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to give back a portion of what He's given to me. Off the top. Giving Him the first. Giving Him the best. And I'm going to trust Him for the rest. It's been said by many, and it's true, God can do more with 90% to provide for you than you can do with a hundred. Some of us tonight need to go beyond tithing. Some of you can handle that. Some of you, some of you, God's calling you to, to more. You've been tithing for years, but God's calling you out of your comfort zone. It's not faith anymore for you, and it's time to stretch again. All kinds of offerings in God's Word, but tithing was a standard that He established so that we could have an idea of what we should return back to Him and to His work. Maybe you feel called to give to other things, other ministries. So God's called you for those additional offerings. Maybe tonight, you know there's a mission here that you need to get involved with. If you're not a Christian here tonight, in some respects, you may leave saying, I shouldn't own first time I come back to church you're talking about money. Well, we'll just have to trust the Lord with that because we don't talk about money all the time here at New Hope. But we do talk about it because it puts the finger on the pulse many times of where we need to be with the Lord. There was a guy in the Bible who turned around and walked off and rejected eternal life Because he wasn't willing to give God his checkbook. If that's you tonight, 10 million years from tonight, your checkbook will do you no good. It'll be worthless. It doesn't matter how much you have. It doesn't impress God. He wants you. He wants you to give him your heart and then to bring everything else with you as a servant of his place within his hands, but you've got to start by giving him your heart. Would you say, dear Jesus, I know I failed you. I know I'm a sinner and I need you to come into my life and save me tonight. Please forgive me. Father, help us to listen, to obey, and to trust you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.